to good old boys Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Good old boys I'm Mark Bog Beef And today we're joined again It is our, our great pleasure to have back Dr. Hans Georg Muller How are you doing, sir? I'm okay, thanks you said you said you just made some coffee. You've been around the world. Uh, you're in Macau now. I saw right. you were in Ireland before. Right. I believe you grew up in Germany. Right. What what kind of coffee did you drink? <laughs> I drink the Italian coffee. I have like these little old fashioned Italian coffee makers. You know, where the you put on the actual stove. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, every culture always claims that. Their coffee's the best. I've even heard Australians claim this. Like, oh, no, no, no. The, the way we do coffee's... <laughs> well, I'm not so sure. Uh, <laughs> the, the coffee, in, coffee in, in Canada and the U.S. In Canada is probably the worst. I lived in Canada for nine years. Mm. They have this... Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that. They have this Tim Horton coffee chain. And they yes, in fr- Tim yeah. is- they're actually proud of it. That's that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the uh, uh, you, you, one of one of your main, or one of your your uh, I think it's your main your main thing is the social systems theory uh, right. from Nicholas Luhmann. And uh, this is, I mean, so there's a lot of real reasons that we have a specific interest. You have two books about it. And so I started reading uh, The Radical Lumen. And like, ha- uh, that's, uh, they're both available on Amazon. And I'll, have, I'll put the links up. But I start, I, I got halfway through that. And I was like, wow, this guy sounds really, really interesting. Um, I wish, I wish I knew what he said. And then I saw you have this other book expl- uh, explaining Lumen. Mm. Uh is that the uh, Lumen explained? I'm sorry. Right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> and man, he's got a lot of stuff. And I, I guess at the beginning, we'll just start out with a sort of waiting our, our feet in there, sort of uh, matching observations and sort of uh, uh, one one thing that's that's. Uh, so there's this guy Nicholas Lumen, and as you as you talk about your book, like when you talk about uh, first off, he's like a, a big theory guy. I, I right. like this. I really liked how you talked about this. I I, I like um. I think a lot of people do. Uh, I like I like things made in Germany. Uh, I, especially, <laughs> it, specific, I mean, my own thing. I, I like German hand tools, and uh, they'll they'll be uh, Nipex and things like this. And the thing is, like, they will they're they're always like overbuilt. They're uh, mm, right. They're they'll be forged when like that's not even really like needed or appropriate right they're just they're, they're extremely overbuilt and you have right. this great section where you're talking about the super theories and you were right. you're, you were saying that uh like if you're like i'm a german guy i'm a professor like you can't just splash around like you need like uh if you're going to be serious uh your the name of your book title needs to be like how everything in the world works <laughs> right, and and it needs it needs to be well, a very you very use heavy a title book. like that. You couldn't use a title like that. That would be would be, sound so American. Right, right. You have it to. Need you have to you, the title has to be a title that no one can really understand. <laughs> yeah, really, like a long German like, compound yes, word. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it, 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 the thing is, I I really like super. I love these super theories, and the thing is, like, uh, why, like, why not? And I, I've. There are even these super theories that, like, I don't even I don't even know how much uh, kind of like 
the guns, germs, and steel. Like, even if there's not much um, uh, original facts in that, or if it's even it's true or not, it's just a great way to to you know, uh, as you said in one of your books, like uh, the less you, uh, well, I can't I can't quote it right now, but you you talk about like the less that you have, the more that you over over uh, state it. But um, <laughs> and, and he, yeah. he's one of these guys, and. And so you know, we're, so who, which guys we're talking about? So this is the big boy club. This is the Hegel, the Kant, the right. Marx. This, you know, right. they have these massive theories. And uh, right. like, to start off, one of the, the claims, because I'm, I'm going to assume most people listening to this don't know who Nick, Nicholas Luhmann right. are is. And and you, uh, so in one of your books, you say it is very well possible. Uh, maybe you would say so that Luhmann's theory is more radical than Marx. Right. I don't know what it's like elsewhere, but that's like that would be a heresy for anyone American <laughs> with a graduate degree. Like you, you can't say that, you yeah. know. Lumen says we have ha- we have to come to terms once and for all with a society without human happiness, and of course mm. without taste, without solidarity, mm. without similarity of living conditions. It makes mm. no sense to insist on these aspirations to revitalize or to supplement the list by renewing old names such as civil society and community. And right. one of the things about the the, the systems theory is it, it discards all this humanist thing, like how to how to build right. a better world and all this kind of stuff, and just says, well, let's just actually just look at things look at things as they are. And right. That's that's very freaky. That sort of uh, that that disturbs our our. our you know the brainwashing we've had, right. as in, especially as enlightened Americans, you're not supposed to talk like this. The most important right. thing is the human individual, and, right. and that's very freaky. But you, I mean, there are. I think he gets to really important truths. I guess I'll get to a real question here, real fast. Uh, so to give you a hook, in 1985, this guy wrote a book saying there's this new thing, this German Green movement. It's really cool. Uh, a lot of people have all these big ideas for it, but what I think might happen is it's going to turn into like a, a, a club to get people jobs, and it's just going to mm. uh, get rid of nuclear reactors, and that's going to cause problems with with energy. And right. uh, you know, <laughs> do you think right now, like the things he was saying in '85, that's like literally one of the reasons why uh, maybe uh, I don't. You don't have to go too deep into uh, into the, the the Ukraine thing, but one of the ways that that maybe uh, Putin had a kind of uh, uh, leverage to make this move is that uh, Europe needs gas, and they turned off all these these nuclear reactors in Germany. Um, yeah, that's uh, okay. Let's not talk about Ukraine. That would, um, but um, the I, the question is, um, was basically Luhmann right in was what he was saying? And I, yes, I guess he was right. And uh, number one, the rise of the of the green movement, not only in Germany but worldwide, at least in the Western world, has been um, very, of course, spectacular. And um, again, the way he looks at it is how how this is a social phenomenon, and he wants to understand it from a social perspective. So. Uh, why could this kind of movement grow and uh, how did it grow? And uh, so when he would look at uh, the green movement, he would look at such things, I mean, he died in 1997, so uh, that, that, that the green movement like really now had its kind of second wave, which was much bigger perhaps even than the first one with this global warming thing. 
And then he would look like, how is it that someone like Greta Thunberg becomes like a media star, right? Um, and that would be the, the question that he thinks that social theory can and must answer. Uh, because actually, if you look at the green movement, it does, of course, have some effects on whatever, reducing greenhouse gases. But arguably, it has much more immediate effects on how society works, political effects, economic effects. You pointed to military effects, right? So these are the, the immediate effects of the green movement are not directly about, um, again, such things as the, the, so, the environment society, literally what we call, what we like in normal language refer to the environment, refer to whatever, the climate. But for Luhmann from a systems theory perspective, he uses this theoretical term environment. The environment is everything that's not in the system. So um, anyway, uh, again, what I, the point is, the, the social effects of, of the green movement are, are much more immediate and much more kind of socially immediately uh, not only felt, but there, as I just pointed out, economy, politics, and so forth. And that's something that, that, we, um, that we, we, should, we need to understand, that the, what, what the green movement, first of all, uh, is and does, it's a social phenomenon. And only in a secondary and some kind of indirect way, it can do what it actually wants to do, namely, somehow have an effect on the extra-social environment. It's first effects and its main effects are intrasocial. And that's something that uh, somehow uh, with all, that we often forget uh, when we talk about the, about the, uh, about the green movement. Right? Um, so it's like with, like, if I may compare it like with a medicine, right? It's a medicine where the side effects are much bigger than the uh, kind of desired effects. And we only look at the at the desired effects, but wouldn't look at the side effects, right? And from a medical perspective, this would be not would be a kind of a very narrow-minded thing to do. Uh, but that's what what Luhmann is doing. Uh, importantly, he's not judgmental, right? So he's not saying the green movement is bad or good, unlike the green movement itself, which says we are very good and everyone is not <laughs> like us is very bad. So he's not trying at all to make a normative judgment. He's just trying to, to, to analyze and make visible what in, let's say, all the moral and political frenzy about the green movement, all the obvious things that no longer are no longer seen, and that's what—that's the function of the theory. What I was going to say is the Green Movement, uh, their explanation of the dangers of global warming do kind of remind me of, of what you described as like Lumina, that you have these various systems that are working together and they have feedback loops, and it's mm. very difficult to understand. However, the Green Movement ultimately doesn't it treat the in, the environment in, in the exact way that he says you can't? Like, here is a thing that we can right. passively control if, right. by pulling these levers and, and. Right. Yes. So that's another thing about systems theory, and that's a crucial thing that you just mentioned. That's where it comes from cybernetics, right? So that's a theory of control. How can we control things? And um, th that's also wh why Luhmann is so radical and why he runs counter to 
especially the Anglo-American perspective on society, right? Yeah. The, the, the core idea of modern society is that we can and must control society, right? So the idea was when this came up in the Enlightenment, we have natural science, and with natural science we can understand how nature works, and then we can develop technology to basically be in control of nature, right? And the same idea then was also applied, that's the idea of social science, right, which then came up with the positivists in the 19th century, that, okay, now that we can do the exact same thing with society, right, we we find out, you know, uh, how society works, the laws of economy, like Marx was also into that, and whatever, all, all, the whole kind of, let's uh, do social science, and then we can manage science, right, and then uh, we can steer society, and then if we have like a, 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 that's the idea of the government, which comes from the, 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 the Greek word of steering a ship, right, that, uh, that then we can uh, somehow, um, steer society and take control and that's what rational beings do right that's again the core idea of the enlightenment uh, once we once we become enlightened in the enlightenment sense we become rational and we, we become able of autonomy of self-law giving right so what but self-law giving means we can steer wherever we want and we can right so that is the basic foundation of modern Western social and political thought, right? It's no longer like in the Middle Ages where somehow the king is, is somehow God's representative and still everything is somehow dependent on God's will and stuff like this, right? No, no, we're all autonomous. We can self-control. So that's a theory of control that is central to the whole modern social and political project. And Luhmann, that's a radicalism, he challenges this. He's, he comes from a biological... Uh, he's strongly influenced from cybernetics which then also says hey that's not really like this it's kind of that um, uh, things like um, that society okay let me cut this short uh, similarly, Luhmann is strongly influenced by biology and has a sort of biological take on um, on, on how things uh, evolve, right? And so just as in biological evolution, whatever, uh, everything that happened, biology was not overseen and steered by God as in the traditional creation theory, but was an, is a process of emergence, of evolution, of, 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 of biological systems that get ever, ever more complex. But no one's really in control of this, right? There is no God or, uh, and even of course humans are, are not and can never be, uh, no, no matter uh, through technological uh, inventions of, uh, of, of, of all of, um, of biological evolution. And um, that's the that's the major difference that he wants to to un that he thinks that society uh, is somehow evolving, developing, uh, emerging, and that uh, that control in the Enlightenment sense uh, it's not absent. Uh, of course, we always kind of do uh, some sort of control, but uh, it's not like uh, it's, it's strongly overestimated. Y yeah. And you see yeah. this, for instance, with like governments, right? And uh, even someone like whatever Trump or so, it's impossible to be like fully in control of of everything because the world is just far too complex for that. 
Uh, first off, that's really ra- that's way more radical than I think people realize. That is the that is the main thing I want to discuss because that. Uh, well, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. So, but we'll we'll come back to that because that's the most important thing. But on the way there, I'll just easy stroll up there because I I I mean I think we're gonna go ballistic when we start talking about that. But okay, so but I think something that he would say is that. Uh, I guess some sometime around uh, maybe the industrial revolution, there's sort of uh, uh, when you, and you sort of add on things like mass media, mass communications. Right. All this, all of a sudden, you have this change in social in social systems. And the way uh, I thought of it would be like, uh, you know, you ever seen these these like um, these tourist uh, uh, statues or like I don't know, like the Blarney Stone or something? That's like. <laughs> Yeah, I've been there. I lived there. <laughs> that was fine. You've been there. And, you know, people, I don't know what they do. People do you know kiss. where the Blarney Stone is? I do not. It's in Blarney. Blarney Castle. <laughs> it's very close to where I lived in, uh, in, in, in Ireland. It's very close did to Cork. Did you kiss it? I did. You, you kissed it. And, and guys like you that go kiss the Blarney Stone and, and uh, <laughs> giving you, of course, that... Act, giving you the luck to become a, a university uh, lecturer, and but you know that that super hard stone is, is is molded by people in a way that's like pretty shocking. You know, uh, uh, this is like a, a common. Right. Uh, uh, I don't know, like these things. Uh, p- people pass around these things, and they'll they'll be these things like that, and you can see, like, wow, people kissing this rock over time is sort of right. now. There's that, and I again, yeah, no, that's a great example, right? And then. Um, the, the 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 traditional um sorry for if i interrupt sorry, no, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. i got yeah. you like the traditional explanation would say oh the people who kiss the blarney stone they all like they're free individuals and they go there for their own uh, out of their own individual agency right whereas in, in fact it's a whole kind of it's a part of the tourism system right that's why everyone kisses the blarney stone not not really primarily of of uh, individual agency so uh, in this sense uh, from a systemic perspective, that's exactly what Luma would say. It's not actually that individuals kiss the Blarney Stone. It's the system that kisses the Blarney Stone. That is that is a great point. Have you seen this thing? Uh, I can't remember where they found these guys. They usually fall in a swamp or something. If for some reason, like human bodies are preserved <laughs> and they fall into swamps. Yeah, bald people, yeah. And they, they found these English longbowmen. And their bodies were like, uh, they were freakishly mutated by their job. So like the right, wow. uh, yeah. the, the, the right side of their body, like even the bones would like, they would right. micro fracture and then they would re reform, uh, like the way Muay Thai guys, uh, legs do, but like, so the, the right side of their body was enormous. Wow. Yeah. This tool, this weapon of war, the Blarney Stone was was changed, was uh, reduced in size by people. But then this, and then on the flip side, you have the longbow made dictated the body. So in other words, the, the yeah. human is is a secondary consideration in the way things right. work. Right. And that would be is and there was a change between sort of a, a, a human human world, uh, maybe. Well, I, I don't want to speak too much, but. Uh, from you went from Blarney Stone to the longbow thing uh, uh, over yeah. in social systems during the the, uh, the uh, perhaps the industrial revolution is that it? 
Uh, I'm not exactly the last sense I, I understood now what you said. Um, I thought what you were getting at with this example with the, both the Blarney Stone and the Longboat is, at least as I understand it, that, you know, human agency is like kissing the stone or rowing the boat uh, is kind of minimal and it's, it's, um, it's not minimal, it's, it's included in larger kind of social, let's say, structures, like in this case, you know, you have all these guys that have to be like the boatsmen and then their bodies are, sh are shaped accordingly. Or in the tourism system, everyone goes and kisses the Blarney Stone and then the Blarney Stone gets, um, you know, the shape changes. Um, so that was what I thought that, that you were getting at, right? Of course, the, let's say the, the, the social structure of the people Uh, who are on these long boats, right? And then they are warriors. So that gives them gives them a structure where they can enact their agency. They can they can you know make war and do all kinds of heroic things in their warfare. But at the same time, they're within a system that structures restructures their body, right? Without their own agency. That's that, and that's a larger context that we have to understand. And there we see, if we look at the body of the of the longboat person, that without his own agency, the social structure at the time where he was acting within, namely as a war, longboat warrior, was reshaping his body. And similar thing, I th that's I thought was your example. That's perfect. Like in your book, you say that. Uh, He ref kind of refers to his to his theory as like the fourth insult and the like right. the, the concept of like the fir the first one is Galileo, which killed the primacy of man in the universe, right. and Darwin, which killed the primacy of man on Earth, right. uh, Freud, which killed the primacy of man in his own life, and then now here's right. the here's the fourth one, which is uh, which kind of uh, the way I took it was. He's saying you're not being consistent. Like you're uh, now we're a materialist society. We believe in, in evolution, the you know, biological evolution. But you kind you're you're kind of treating human beings as if they were a stand-in for God. That they have right. this objective power and objective right. place in the universe. But that in a, in if you really believe in the in the uh, Darwin's theory, then that couldn't possibly be true. You are similarly a part of your ecosystem. Right. So none of these theories could really apply to you anymore. Exactly. Yes, that's the whole point. Yeah. So that's an interesting. Um, uh, so that's an interesting kind of paradox, right? Uh, if I may say so. That um, I mean, the more we um, somehow develop as a society, uh, it's not really like the Enlightenment point. Uh, um, Uh, things that we get more and more agency, but that the that actually at the same time we do somehow get more and more agency, but at the same time also quite paradoxically, uh, the limits of our agency become uh, much more obvious. I think that's the that, that's a kind of a paradoxical point, right? Again, uh, the more we kind of understand what's going on the more we understand that as you said it that we are kind of involved in in uh if, yeah in complex evolutionary processes this is a pro and this is a problem for i guess the mainstream political philosophers that he uh 
uh, attacked because exactly, uh, and that's, a, that's I mean that's a subtext of the fourth insult thing, right? Because of course Darwin and all of these people, uh, they were that was seen as scandalous, right? Because it, that's why it's an insult, right? It's an insult that we're not at the center of the universe. It's an it's an insult that we're not created by God as the crown of creation, but just kind of a random. A development of an of this kind of evolution thing. It's an insult that our ego is not uh, in control, but that there is a, uh, all the drives and all these psychological processes. I mean, like Sam Harris and so forth. They also talk about that, right? You don't even have to point to Freud. And so that's this is all kind of. Uh, that's why that doesn't thrive, particularly not in North America, because it's like all <laughs> about, uh, you know, you can make a difference, you must make a difference. And, you know, yes, we can. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it, it, it's an insult to, to this vision of um, it's not just a vision it's kind of a moral demand as you said and it comes very much from the christian tradition i think uh, that uh, that we you know we should take uh, take what is it take take charge you know uh, <laughs> taking destiny, care of business yes. take care of business and that's like also if we want to go there behind the whole peterson thing right uh, the Jordan Peterson kind of idea, which uh, in some of my videos, I you know that's a main theme that uh, that Peterson is also. I mean, he's like the the personification of being in of being of the insult <laughs> of uh, you know he's insulted because of the uh, because he sees that rightly so that that um, that you know that human agency is is limited. And he thinks that's very insulting. And from a Lumanian point of view, and that's also why I mean, I'm also very much critical of wokeism and so forth, as you know, uh, but from a different perspective. Well, well, if if if, uh, if Lumen's right, this is a, a not just a problem for like you know the the Anglo spear and our rugged individualism. Right. It's a problem for like every government system, modern government system in right. existence, because like, they're they're all really central plan. Which, exactly. which wouldn't that be functionally impossible if Lumen was correct? Right. Uh, there was an article in, in Unheard the other day that said um, <laughs> Ireland spends twenty five billion or so on their their uh, uh, public health system, and mm. about about half that they spend on funding NGOs. <laughs> it's basically all of this. I, I think people like they'll say, oh yeah, yeah, that, stuff like that is BS, but they don't really know. And I don't want to go too far here, but I mean, what I always, the first thing that I was shocked when I saw, social science has this problem with, uh, of proving things. It's called the, uh, um, the replication crisis. Replication crisis. And, mm. and you know, I, I, I looked at it and I was like, well, what do they mean? I started start looking at it and it's like, you know, in, in the world today, like if you, if you had some big organization and you, you sat down, you made some perfect plan, like, um, mm. Could you communicate it? Could you really like you can't observe things without changing things? Because like when we say like when mm, you say like correct. you can't really plan do planning that that I don't think like that doesn't mean like because sometimes when people say you can't do something they mean like you can't do it one hundred percent. I, I right. mean like like I'm like we basically here's the deal we in the West right now we're having a very big problem with things like uh, this rule by experts all these NGOs they're sort mm. of uh, you know. 
I think people perhaps had different feelings about these NGOs and things. Uh, maybe in the past, maybe in the th- maybe in the forties or so when they. Uh, but now it's clear these things just are power centers. Uh, they have lots of money. They're just mm. and uh, they cause immense, immense problems for for uh, us in the West. And this this uh, Lumen basically, I would I think he's saying that, that what they do is BS. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of BS. Of course, that's uh, also definitely an important uh, thing by by uh, Vluman's theory to kind of look through the BS that's going on. And uh, if I understood you correctly, the point that you made about the health system, which I'm not really familiar with, even though I lived in, in Ireland, and I know they have a public health system, and I went anyway. So, but is uh, if I understand you correctly, the point you're making is similar to like with the green movement, right? You, you put a lot of resources somehow, you know, um, uh, into uh, this stuff, but a lot of what it does actually doesn't. Whatever you have a congress meeting in where was the last one? I think in Glasgow or so, right? Where all the world comes together to discuss. Uh, global uh, discuss CO2 emissions, right? But the immediate effect is of this is the first one that thousands of people fly there and cause a lot of CO2 emissions, right? Because they're sitting in the planes. So um, again, that's I I don't know if that was your point, but that 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 again shows that the, whatever you do, uh, as I said earlier, there are so many side effects. And these side effects uh, have again more and more side effects, um, and and that that therefore the um, what you actually do is just like a, actually it's really just a minor part of what's actually happening as a consequence of what you're doing, and most of what happens as a consequence of what you're doing you're not in control of, right? Whatever you, as you said, you give like money for, uh, you have this kind of um, structure to fund the health service and then you do it in one way and then all these other things happen, for instance, the blowing up of some sort of uh, bureaucratic uh, structures and so forth, right? Um, Is that what you're saying? Well, there's a great passage in the the book where it says that, you know, perhaps these meetings that they're having aren't really useful for their stated goal, which is to control the weather on the, on the planet. But it's, hmm. it's very useful to, to form their own little social groups. And, and as my colleague just mentioned, get a lot of money. You, you can take uh, eight, you know, 8 billion euros from the, from the government budget and hand it out to these people who are, who are flying into Dublin, right. Glasgow, wherever. Like so, like they, it, it does have a niche in the ecosystem. It's just not really the the one that it's been stated overtly. Right. Yeah. So it has all these kinds of political effects, media effects, and 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 all of this, right? And that's somehow uh, as or more important as the actual ecological thing, right? People go there, politicians, in order to. Uh, increase their popularity with their voters, right? And to, you know, be get media coverage and so forth and so forth. So that's all also like a huge important thing why these things are done in the way they are being done. 
in, would it be fair to say that Lumen explicitly says that human beings can't steer politics? No, the steering is limited. We all steer, but the, we steer within the limits of the capacities that we have to steer. Let's go back to the that the social system sets up, whatever, the, the, uh, w the guy, the warrior in the boat, right? He's steering the boat, but he's steering the boat within <laughs> the parameters <laughs> of the warfare system uh, within which he's operating, right? And uh, he's not having, wherever he, he's not able to control all the factors by steering his boat, what will happen to him, right? Uh, there, because around him, so many other peoples are steering the boat as well. And they're not all steering in the same direction. In fact, they're steering towards and against one another. It's very complex. So yes, we're all steering. But the steering, on the one hand, happens within structures of steering that determine how we steer. And secondly, there is so much steering going on all around us uh, that uh, uh, the, our steering is just one little steering in the midst of of of, um, uh, of a huge huge amount of steering that's going on that we have no control over and cannot. We're we're very bad at, at actually under, like understanding and believing that. Like if you if you asked any any like any person who really to use an example for like Greta Thunberg they really liked her they would say like oh well she understands that these these complicated networks of, of things are happening but not really because ultimately it still comes back to like I don't want to say conspiracy theories but there's this idea uh, if, if you if you like her that there's some fat cat chomping on a cigar right. in a boardroom and his greed is is powering right. you know the, the right like no matter who you like no matter what political ideology right. flavor of ideology like there, there's still that belief that there's some evil person somewhere exactly yes yeah pulling all and the then levers. you ascribe then all the blame to and and that's a that's a very problematic mechanism and that's that's very much the case yes and Luhmann is trying to subvert that yes this class of experts and stuff and there's different ways in america it's i think in in, in europe it's all like uh uh, they have lots and lots of these people, but they'll be like directly funded by gas tax, and uh, and they'll just be a huge amount of these bureaucrats who are. Their job is these things. That they're, they're you know my job is to reduce homelessness or this and that. Like they don't you know right. instead of directly spending the money, they just hire this huge class of bureaucrats. These people have become, and I don't know if this is relevant, but these people have become a self-aware basically priest class, and they're uh, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> they're they're highly destructive. They cause us lots of problems. I don't know. There's a there's a, a historical example like um, uh, if you look at the, the Catholic Church, you can sort of see the things like uh, um, uh, nepotism and stuff. And there's not very right. much and, until Pepin gives them the papal estates, and then uh, immediately now that being the Pope makes you like uh, 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 you know a, a secular ruler over territory. Now right. like these guys are killing each other all the time. They uh, right. the the next job can only go to uh, you know my illegal son or my cousin you know like right. immediately these guys and, and that's what's happening here now we have these people they're powerful they operate so they operate blatantly they don't care they say they'll say things like uh, you know the police are bad unless they're the federal police like like they they they, they just don't anyways but that's a side point I don't want to get dragged into that well in 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 your book uh, you highlight a passage where he. Uh, 
doesn't quite predict the financial crisis of 2008, but it, uh, he kind of points to the stands like Babe Ruth and calls his shot. He said, in other words, the, and then he's saying this uh, uh, you know, much earlier than 2008. In other words, the economic system has shifted its basis of security from property and reliable debtors to speculation itself. He who tries to maintain his property will lose his fortune. And he who tries to maintain and increase his wealth will have to change his investments one day or the next. He can either right. use new derivative instruments or must trust that some of the fun, some of the many funds will do this for him. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, the new so, the, so the system has basically, again, like the system becomes some form of uh, self-reproducing uh, mechanism, right? And uh, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah. I think in a lot of ways people could look at Lumen, and I know people that are basically reactionaries that, that think a lot of Lumen. But I, I, one of the things that I, I noticed is that uh, he he seems to be like, when he was talking about like whether things are real or not, you kind of have to just sort of treat them as they are if you're in this crazy system. Uh, and well, that's another, that's another important aspect. What we talked about is the first part that we talked about is this, uh, radical anti-humanism which he uses himself to describe his approach right because again like uh, he's not really focusing on human agency as the decisive element of society then the second point is the radical uh, the radical constructivism uh, so that's also radical uh, th so that's a second radical uh, point. Now, this radical constructivism also kind of puts people off, uh, especially again in the Anglo-American context where you have like lots of realists <laughs> and so forth, and they say, you know, just reality is just obviously what it is. And this whole kind of constructionist, constructivist thing is somehow, uh, and, yeah, uh, it, it uh, goes against... Uh, common sense. Now, Luhmann is of course not denying that uh, reality exists, but just that the reality that exists is an, uh, is an effect of some form of construction, whatever. And a very simple example would be um, a con whatever, the, ha the, the computer we're sitting at, right? It's a reality, but it's being constructed. Now, uh, so that doesn't that it's constructed doesn't mean that it's not real, right? Everything around us is being constructed and thereby becomes a, a reality. So I don't see why you have, that's the first thing I think that you have to make the step that construction and reality are not um, um, they're not contradictory, they, <laughs> right? They they are basically two aspects of the same thing. Now, of course, for him, the focus is is a little bit more complex regarding construction. He's very much, that, that comes all from German idealism, from Kant and Hegel, that, um, that especially in society, things are constructed by observation. Now that sounds, right, uh, that sounds a little, again, like from Anglo-American perspective, that sounds fishy, right? Is the tree I see out there, which I actually see, is that only there because I see it? No, of course not. That's not the point. The point is that, uh, and I'm looking at this tree right now, the, the fact that the tree is green is an effect of the capacity of my eye to perceive it as green, right? If my eye would, ha would have a different structure, 
then I would not see it in the way I see it. In fact, many people see the color differently, right? Because their uh, eyes operate differently. So that is the that is the element that, however, uh, reality act in order for reality, let's say, to make sense. That is the that is really the important point, right? How we make sense of things depends on, and that's again that's Kant and Hegel, depends on our capacity to make sense, right? The, so. The, everything that we see somehow makes sense to us but not simply because it is like it is but because we are somehow capable and we have developed structures have emerged by which we can make sense of it in a specific way so if you want to understand why green the greenness of the tree is a reality you cannot just look at the tree you have to understand that this reality of greenness also and actually essentially is connected to the eye and not to the tree right that's the point do you get it yes yeah so that's and, and that's 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 the radical constructivism that uh, uh that uh, yeah i think that's not even that radical but uh, it's still something somehow perceived as a scandalous right and uh from a from uh, from a from a strictly realist perspective. I really love that. It's not like being playful. There is, I think there is some of this sort of going against the realism stuff that feels playful and like, uh, you know, being impish a, a little bit. But it, it's not, I mean, it really does can take you to better answers. It made me well, uh, okay, so you said like, you know, oh, after he said that, you go, I love that. Well, I don't love that. Let's say, let's say I hate that because, mm. because, because uh, not, not that it's wrong, but okay, in, in the book, there's kind of not. There's not kind of. There's there is. I think explicitly the idea that the there are no guarantees of, of about the flow and rhythm of life anymore. That's that's over. That is a pre-modern idea, and all the all the uh, modern mainstream philosophies are trying to sell you some way that you can possibly restore meaning to life and get back to that hmm. mode of existence. But it's it, 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 according to Lumen that's impossible. It, it, it's too late. We're we're still we're trapped in modernity. It, it, it's still ongoing. There's 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 no escape, right? I I think you're a tall guy, right? Nah, the medium one eighty three meters one eighty three. Uh, let me see. The, and by the way, you may not know <laughs> you are six dot zero zero foot. This is this is very you know in America in the dating market it, this is very important. The difference between uh, <laughs> five so like if you were like a one eighty one instead of one eighty three, your dating uh, your dating uh, uh, possibilities would plummet. I understand that. Yes, <laughs> you couldn't tell the yeah. difference by looking. Right, right. That's it. I, I believe fully believe that. And um, well, for, for I mean, but I'm uh, relatively old as well. So in my age group, I think that changes the, you know, the because it's all relative. The because I my competitors, you know, my competitors on the dating market in my age group uh, are. Uh, on average, because younger people are on average taller than older people, right? Because that somehow is changing very <laughs> fast in evolution. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So oh, for, yeah. for an old guy like me, 183 isn't isn't that bad. 
And so the old ladies <laughs> that would be interested in me or whatever, for them, I, I would, it's kind of fine. Well, if, if it was a common sense system, but we, and, and I think his point is that we don't live in a common sense system. And so things right. that are like, if you're 181 centimeters versus 183, of course in America it's 5'11 or 6 foot. Yes. Uh, maybe that doesn't make sense, but it, you, you, can, you can ignore it. It's kind of, you know, the other common sense thing. Yeah, that's actually very good. I know, get, understand the point you're getting at, and that's exactly constructivism, right? I mean, that, uh, and, uh, right? That, um, yes. That you, that the attractiveness is purely constructed and we not even know that we are constructing it right and we not even know how we're constructing it but we do and then of course the attractiveness or non-attractiveness of that person is a product of mental and social construction right that's the point you're making right is that the point you well and that's uh, it's not that objectively a person who is six foot uh, is so much more attractive than a person who is five foot nine nine foot right but it's a reality but the reality is not based in some sort of an objective thing that just by by definition someone who's six foot is more attractive than someone who's five nine by whatever measure you can be preyed on by not having this ability to to think in in ways so like a, a common example now like a good you know a, a good common sense thing to do is save money well if your in currency is inflating um you shouldn't you, you're you, and that's and, and there's all right. these ways i think a lot of these sort of uh, you know the green movement exactly stuff, they touch on exactly. things Right. You can be exploited by being this sort of positive. Do you, do you, uh, uh, exactly. Yes. To someone that, that was familiar with, uh, that also very much into uh, Lumen, and I, I asked him for yeah. things to ask you, and, and one of the things that he said was basically uh, 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 very positivism. Tell me that it's horrible, that, that it's over. Right. <laughs> I, again, so, sort of interrupting, uh, sorry I'm interrupting you, uh, but I think that's again a, an excellent point, and I, that brings us back to the financial crisis thing earlier, right? Of course, money is like a prime example, and any form of financial or economic value is a prime example of social constructivism, as you just pointed out. Money basically has zero realistic, purely realistic value. It's just a piece of paper. In most cases nowadays, it's even just a virtual thing on your bank account. And it's the value is purely constructed within the financial and economic system, right? And you have to understand uh, how the system works, and it's very complex how it works. But uh, you can't just, uh, you know, you can't just think, you know, that there is some sort of objective value in money. That's not how it works. So, yeah, we're operating with this kind of social constructivism in, in a very important system all the time. And again, that doesn't mean that, that, the, that the money doesn't have real value because you can actually buy a lot of real things with it. And if you don't have any money, then you're really poor, right? So... Uh, yeah, I think money and, and the economy, the, all the things you just brought up uh, are, are very good examples for, core examples for uh, Luhmann's social constructivism. And again, in this he connects nicely also with, in this respect, he does connect with Marx. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> I, had a, I had a question. Uh, it was something that was in your book. Uh, so. 
I'll, I'll read a couple passages. Uh, mm. the, the inflation of knowledge seems like an excellent example of this. Knowledge only counts if it's exchanged and thus given away or spent. If knowledge is a medium like money or power, then those who take part in this production have no reason to believe they are taking part in an ultimately self-improving endeavor. They must consider themselves traders at the knowledge exchange marketplace. Right. Now, as you say in the book, this is a, a big departure from the... Uh, like the gentleman scholar archetype and, and what like for, for I don't know 2,000 years how people conceived uh, philosophy and why it was good to to educate yourself and become more knowledgeable right mm. it's like a, this is a, a huge break yeah it, 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 Maybe this is too far afield you know outside of the scope but like doesn't that seem suspicious that this is the reality now at the time when like the like the let's say merchant class has control society. Mm. Like I mean, of course of course that would be how things would have to function now because like the the landed gentry that the gentleman scholars who would you know sit on their like uh, who write the, the the decline of the Roman Empire they're gone and they've been replaced by you know bankers right and so now of course everything is now a commodity and we ha it has to be treated right. that way yes so that's that's uh that's also a very important factor so again i think what you just said is is very much spot on and that's exactly the the transition he's describing right from what in a in a pre-modern society you know people were just rich by owning land and now I mean, you could still be somehow rich by owning land, but really the, the real richness for, for people by whatever, all the really rich people like Bill Gates and so forth, or Elon Musk, they're no, no longer owning land. Uh, they're owning somehow all this financial value, right, which is very much constructed through second order observation blah 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 it's 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 just so, so they they own all these things which only exist as constructed realities within the financial markets right <laughs> elon musk is is the poster child for profilicity right <laughs> he's, well, he's become a billionaire <laughs> right yes 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 so and um the so the Again, like in in the economy, we can rather see this very clearly, right? That and again, that brings us back to Marx, who already was describing similar things, right, with profit and so forth. Anyways, that makes it too complicated. The the point is that we have this. You call it virtualization, right? The virtu the, the 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 financial money, uh, financial richness is now virtual, uh, and that's. Um, that has to do with this whole transition from first order observation to second order observation right the land is something that you can actually see and so forth right and uh, now with um, um, financial products it's how much their value is on the financial market uh, and that's whatever with stocks and so forth right how how are they what's their reputation so to speak right that is what constructs their value how they are being seen right you have to look at how it is observed and then you know what it's worth another more simple example would be an apartment you have to be like you have a really shitty apartment in uh, whatever new york and that's a lot of money because of the location and because of how it is evaluated on the on the housing market but not because of the actual characteristics or material 
you know, um, um, qualities of, of the apartment, right? You can have a much bigger, much nicer apartment somewhere else and it's only a fraction of the, of the value. Uh, because of mar- because of the market, and again now Luhmann transfers this not only to the economy but even to something like knowledge, right? That uh, also in the knowledge production, uh, whatever, in order to make a career uh, as a scientist, what doesn't really count that you find out something that is really really true but something that you have to work on stuff and findings uh, that uh, have a lot of currency, so to speak, in the current academic market. So if I want to get like a research money uh, and then I have to come up with a fashionable research subject, right? So it's not really that um, the amount, so to speak, of how I will increase objective knowledge of the world counts. No, what really counts for me to get like research funding is that my research project somehow fits the current um, academic market, which is purely constructed through communication within that academic market and not through somehow a traditional sort of objective idea this is this is how this whatever research project would increase uh, human knowledge in an objective way do you understand what i'm saying is that yes. somehow clear yeah does that produce any problems for the labor theory of value uh poo uh <laughs> yeah i think it does it does right really? because it uh, it it uh it decouples uh, the it decouples value from labor from material production, right? Yep. I mean, yep. the the, the val- how how things are how uh, the most value today is no longer con- con- is no longer uh, pr- produced through material labor. Absolutely, I don't know if you saw there was an yeah. American woman uh, not so long ago selling her fart. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. Well, now you have all the, but now you have all this new fashionable thing. What are they called? These uh, tokens? These IFTs? The NFT. NFT. NFTs? Yeah. Yes, oh, God, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Well, that's a very good example, right? For the virtualization, and in a sense, we have we we can see how similar things happen in all sectors of society, everywhere. Let me, let me ask a question at, at the risk of. Uh, it being a dumb question, because I, when I when I look at when I read your book about Lumen, and I I tried to understand this theory, it, it's not it's not the easiest thing to to grasp, but it, it struck me like this seems like a recipe for increasing complexity. Like if, if things function the way he says they function, right? Uh, eventually, you're going to have this nexus of complex interactions that will right. go. Far, not only like obviously we can't really control them, but couldn't it spiral out completely out of control to the point where uh, the society that we exist in doesn't even have the illusion of control over it anymore. You know, right. just uh, you know, you're at, <laughs> every everything's on fire. Nobody knows what's happening, and then we end up back at a um, well, I mean, earlier uh, stage of development. Well, then, um, no, I mean, um, first of all, yes, uh, uh, complexity tends to increase, right? Just like biological evolution, right? I mean, right. Uh, well, now life is much more complex than it was millions of years ago. 
uh, and the organisms are much more complex. And similarly, society is now much more complex. So that is correct. And uh, that's like a general tendency of evolution that things get more complex. Now, it's entropy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, then within things getting more complex, also, of course, control becomes less and less, uh, becomes more and more limited. It's still controlling and steering in a limited way. But that's not a bad thing. That is the whole thing, right? That it is not a bad thing. That's just fine. Right? It's just fine that we cannot control the evolution of our bodies. And it's also just fine that we cannot uh, control the evolution of society. It's, that's, that's not, it's not a problem from a systems theoretical perspective. To the contrary, the problems only arise uh, potentially if we overestimate our potential for control. Maybe this is why there are so many great German philosophers and there are very few great Anglo philosophers because that just like that idea sounds horrible to me, even if it's true. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Read Dr. Muller and not Lumen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He uh he certainly doesn't have this humanist impulse to uh m make uh, uh an enjoyable read. No, not at all. Well, if you want to read Luhmann, uh, there's one book that's sort of readable. Uh, that's his own introduction to systems theory. And the reason that it's readable is because he didn't write it. Uh, because it was, it's just a, uh, a transcript of his lectures. Uh, <laughs> and uh, in his lectures, he's actually more clear often than in his actual writings. And so uh, the most readable book by him is paradoxically one that was not actually written literally by him. That's the introduction to systems theory. So if anyone hopefully is interested, and that's a readable, uh, that's a quite readable book. That was a great, like one of your introductions to one of your chapters was like, like a, an Amazon review where somebody said, I hope that reading Dr. Muller's book about Lumen would make, would make him easier to understand. But unfor unfortunately, that's not the case. Right. Like a one-star one review. Yeah, well, that, that's not true. I mean, anyone could go to uh, your <laughs> channel, which is doing very well, where you're very, very good at explaining this to uh, normal people. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed. I was trying to... Uh, the, um, this new movie, the um, what's it called? The now nah, about the co comet, this thing that's destroying the Earth. Don't look up. Yeah. Don't look up. Things. Yeah. Ter horrible. With, uh, terrible with remembering the movie title. Exactly. Don't look up. And I uh, made a video on this because I think it's a perfect explanation of systems theory, a perfect application of systems theory. Uh, and the video wasn't too successful and um, it was kind of successful as like 30,000 views or something which is not bad uh, shouldn't complain but the, the I still felt unlike other videos that I had that it didn't really connect as well with the viewers and that they didn't see what I saw in the movie as obviously so let, if I may just talk about it for a minute sure so go ahead. are you familiar with the movie did you watch it no no, I, 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 I haven't watched it, but the, the, it's the it's 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 a play it's a a play on like climate change, right? There's a, a meteorite yes. heading towards the Earth, and exactly these, the meteorite yeah. is heading towards the Earth, and it's a, it's exactly it's a kind of a 
um, allegory on climate change. And then some scientists uh, discover that, and then they go to the American president, who is some sort of Trump version. And um, that really doesn't work because the president um, uh, eventually only uses it for, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the election campaign that it's actually a female <laughs> president that she's in. And then also comes in some kind of Elon Musk uh, guy uh, who is like a technology guy. And then this complicates matters further. And then the, the first thing is that this is all done via media. So you have these four systems, the science system uh, that provides, let's say, scientific information, facts. Then you have the political system that is occupied with political power and maintaining power. Then you have the financial system, uh, the economic, like the company, which is occupied with making money and somehow making more profit out of this whole media writing. And then number four, the media who just use it on their shows uh, in order to, you know, get more attention from viewers. And that's exactly, that's, that's what systems theory says. Every system does and only, can only do what it does. It functions the way it does. Politics is all about winning elections. Economy is all about making money. Media is all about getting attention. Science is all about, you know, making somehow discoveries that allow you to publish a paper or something like this. So the and that and the movie showed very well as a comedy um, how the very fact that each system does what it does and can only do what it does makes it very difficult or practically impossible to coordinate action to um, you know somehow uh, whatever shoot down the meteorite and then in the end the earth is destroyed so uh, I want to just uh, that was great how the how basically the movie showed these four different systems all doing their own thing but even though that seemed to be so obvious to me uh, viewers both of the movie and of the of the of my video I mean some got it but not all of them and that shows to uh, conclude this uh, maybe I spoke too long again how on the one hand I think systems theory is the best theoretical (coughs) framework that we have to explain society and this movie even implicitly uh, employs it however at the same time they don't use the theory. The, the, the theory is they all, it's kind of paradoxical, right? It's, it's obvious that society works and people understand it, but they still refuse somehow the theory and want to cling to the, the old theories. So that's something that I, that I observe uh, and it kind of, I find it kind of frustrating that on the one hand, systems theory, I think is a best available theory to describe how society functions. But on the other hand, it's very difficult to actually communicate it. I have I haven't seen the movie, obviously, but I I, I, I suspect I know what you're getting at. And the problem here is, in the in the universe of the movie, the problem isn't uh, they don't perceive the problem to be the systems, and this is how they function. It's that well, if we had a different president, yes, if we had a different yes, media, yes, yes, you know, yes. If, yeah, if if my if my dumb opponents weren't in charge, right. I think, I don't, 
I, I, I don't know, but I think the, the, if you want to make a, a good, a, a good the more, more version of the movie, the scientists should also not be too worried about that the asteroid coming and more like trying to get published. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. Once you're blown up on social media, people will come back to that. And you, like, I think your your <laughs> skill, at, you, your knowledge of profilicity, you know. Uh, what works and uh, to get people's yeah, attention? Well, uh, not really, not really. I mean, otherwise a channel would would get, I guess, more more views. Well, I mean, it, uh, I guess one of the things I was, so there's a lot of commentators right now. Like probably half the the sort of commentators that are around got their start basically by commenting on Jordan Peterson. That's always uh, right because you know that's that's almost that is like a profilicity thing. It's like I don't know right. this guy, but I. I uh, here's someone with. I'm just hungry for for content on Jordan Pierce. Let's see what he says about right. it. Right, right. Yes, that is true. But that's how it works, right? Yeah. Um, that and well, anyways, that's a different story. But that that is clearly how the channel became got some attention. I I felt very sympathetic when you were talking about how Lumen writes, where you said, uh, "Hey, he's nonlinear. Uh, you don't know where he's going to go." I, I a lot of people comment when I start a sentence. I I mean, it's well, it is true. I don't know where I'm going to end up, and uh, that made right. me feel very sympathetic toward him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that is true. That is, uh, yeah. I get your point. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just looked at I just looked at the the uh, view counts. Your your reaction video to PewDiePie and your Jordan Peterson video got like three. Times the the views like of the of, of the the move like the, your take on the movie, which like that that's kind of also one of those things you don't have control over because YouTube right. like the YouTube algorithm decides exactly. for people what they should see and what they shouldn't see. It, doesn't, it, yes. it has nothing to do with merit. It, yes. It's part of the it's part of the uh, knowledge marketplace. Exactly. Yes. Here's a, just a quick one. Would you say Lumen is the opposite of is this direct opposite of Karl Popper? Who I loathe, and you know this open society. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you're if you're aware. To me, when the, the the concept of the open society is literally this: that we're going to have a world where we just have social scientists, we uh, uh, and we just you know do experiments on the public as if you could do if that was even possible. But would you say that? Yeah, there is very little compatibility between Popper and, and Luhmann. Definitely, yeah. I mean, Luhmann, again, the ma major thing is um, also Popper is very, who I don't know, don't know the, too well, uh, but it's also very uh, normative, right? Yeah. He says this is how a society should be and this is a good society and, and uh, that's how a society should be. And and Luhmann is just not uh, not making such judgments. Again, that's the Anglo-American thing. The Anglo-American Anglo <laughs> social sciences is, is primarily about, you know, it's just applying for a grant where it's always then in the end you have to say, so how do you make the world a better place? That's always kind <laughs> of the main, the main thing that you need to answer, right? And... and uh, and Luhmann, and that is somewhat similar to actually my background in Taoism. Maybe that's the reason why I, I like uh, Luhmann. Similar to this Chinese philosophy of Taoism, they think, well, we kind of overestimate our capacity to make the world a better place. And actually, very often we make try to make the world a, a better place. We actually don't, but do the opposite. 
And even if we do it in some ways, make it better, then in many other ways we make it not better. So it and it always depends on what is better for whom. So this whole kind of approach that that is geared towards in social theory to you know find out how we can make the world a better place is somehow um, illusionary. That's a major point by by Luma. But again, and that, that that totally disappoints the the expectations. Again, that and what we went back to the 19th century, right? You have the expectations that if you do natural science, then there will be an, an end result that you know allows us to get better technology. Uh, and um, similarly, in social science, uh, in this sense, and th that is the idea is. Uh, if you you do social science in order to in one way or another get somehow a better social technology for making the world a better and more effective place, and um, if you don't do that, then then the, then the, from an Anglo-American perspective, the idea is no, oh, this theory is useless. Is it possible this comes from from Ike Hobbs, who was one of our like actual great respective? Or at least in our in our the angles respect, like he, he had this his his idea was you know nature is this this brutal wild untamed wasteland and we're going to you know bring it under the yoke of man and 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 just do you think that has something to do with this continuing obsession with 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 uh, making like making the world a better place? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I agree. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and. I mean, generally, it's very much rooted in somehow in the Christian tradition as well. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That would be it's also too <laughs> complex. To, well, yeah. we need we need this more than ever right now. Like, because uh, obviously, I mean, um, you look at American interventionism. It's like, well, we're going to go do this, and we're going to. There's there's always like a really big problem, and like that, that like uh, people are dying. You have to go do this. You have to send the the United States mm. military. But every time they do, it, it'd be like if, if there was a woman being beaten you and you, you send the police, but every time the police show up, they, they kill her, they kill everybody, the house burns down. <laughs> we, we, need, we need this. Right. <laughs> uh, I guess maybe a final last thing. Uh, this is kind of uh, uh, maybe appealing people. I don't know. I'll throw this out here. It sounds like one of the things that he, he's saying that it's possible that politics may be like a scam in terms of like our uh, an individual like uh, participation in it. Is that is that true? Do people have a, a or do people have like should people feel compelled to be an activist and and, and work to change the world? You, you mentioned that change the world. One of our friends, uh, 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 Curtis Yarvin, he has a great line where he's talked about like people should think about how intense it is that like. To, you know, to go to one of these big schools, like uh, or like to be a journalist, to be a journalist who's supposed to observe and relay reality, what they always say is like, "I did this because I wanted to change the world," which, uh, which th that sounds like a, um, I don't know, like a, a like a supervillain monologue. Yeah, why? Well, I mean, why somehow, of course, that it makes somehow sense in, but for Luhmann, you have to, you know, you somehow change the word, whatever. You're a carpenter, right? And you change uh, the wood and make a chair out of it, right? So in this sense, of course, we are all changing the world, and we must uh, if we, uh, we if we do something, right? We say like right now we say 
sentences that haven't said weren't said before so we somehow in a very very minor way changing the world and um, you know just like we try to make maybe better chairs it would be good if we have somehow a better conversation so in this sense of course in a way we all in practical activity try to make the world a better place simply by having better chairs or by having better podcasts but <laughs> the point is not really for theory Luhmann is rooted in the stoic I would say tradition where the function mm. of theory and it's also you can com compare it actually with Hegel and I don't want to go too far is there's also something else there, there is a sort of reflection on how things are and that's a that's that's for Luhmann what basically theories and again he's rooted in a very long tradition that goes uh, back very long uh, also Spinoza and so forth that you uh, that you just try to build up in theory a descriptive framework of the mechanisms that you are operating within and that this is kind of a different mode of whatever uh, thinking talking uh, writing than if you're in like in a practical way uh, you know doing things like a carpenter does and uh, so that's um, that's the idea that that the function of theory for Luhmann of good theory is basically just super theory again as that brings us back to the very beginning of the communication is uh, to set up try to give a description of the of the frameworks within which we are operating and this description is somehow um, a description that is um, yeah again like non-judgmental I don't know if it was you or Luma, you had a great line where you talk about if you try to regulate the economy, you said something like, well, the economy is going to try to regulate you back. <laughs> and I think that's what you're describing. I, I get, what did you say? Like, uh, you know, if you have a closed system, like perhaps like, I don't know, like what, what we, like uh, whatever, whatever I do at the gym tomorrow from nine to 10 AM, that could be mm. like a, that could be like a closed system where I may be able to exert a lot of authority on it. Yeah. And again, also, like we said earlier, I mean, the, everything you do if you go to the gym takes place in the systemic context of other things right in order to go there you have to have the money to pay for it which you have to have gotten from somewhere you have to whatever um you know the uh, uh, there is some form of um whatever uh, media thing that is a promotion uh, that uh, uh, somehow makes people go to gyms because actually people didn't go to gyms like uh, 50 years ago like when I was young there were hardly any gyms right so the whole gym thing that there is a gym uh, is already kind of a, a social structure that you're operating within uh, when you go to the gym yeah, I think in ancient Greece, like you had to be like, uh, you know, the part of the elite caste or like, or at the very least, like maybe poor people or slaves were, were, were uh, excluded from going to, from working out, uh, you know, bodybuilding. Well, I mean, working, and they wouldn't work out because they would wor actually work. They wouldn't work <laughs> yeah. out. That, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. 
so they and of course people would normal i mean the whole workout thing is very new but then again um you know even when i was young like it, it was not really commodified that's maybe the point uh, another way of putting it right i would just go i would play when i was a kid i would play in my local soccer club right which is a non-profit community uh, organization thing and then increasingly and but in order to have that you already have to have a society where kids actually have time rather than you know earlier kids would again work uh, um, uh, in often in their free time when they were 12 or 13 or 14 years old that would be the normal thing but then um, after that so the, the after that came this whole development now uh, the kids are no longer going to these clubs that are non-profit but they do go into the gyms right and so that the even though the working out in recent decades uh, has been like highly commodified uh, and again that is an effect from Luhmann's perspective of the operation combined operation of the economic system of the media system uh, uh, and and other systems that bring about this commodification of working out, which is now a much more complex thing, right? In 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 ancient Greece, if people were working out, that would happen in a kind of a very simple context. And now working out involves all these complex things, like you know, like you're having a gym and and so forth. That's they they they, they didn't exist. Now we, f we think gyms are normal, but if you would explain like a gym to an ancient person in ancient Greece, they would have a hard time understanding what that weird thing is. That's a, that's a really great point. Kind of depressing when you consider, uh, you could contrast like playing uh, sports, like soccer, or whatever, with your community versus uh, the first guy we ever saw. Uh, I don't know you remember, Merrick, like... Um, Bill Clinton was the first guy that would he would jog, and he wasn't in the army. The you know, guys in the right. army had always <laughs> right, right. We had Bill Clinton. Right. We had he would do this jogging, and it's it, it so clearly like you know this individualist human. Well, he was right. he was the first boomer president. And boomers right. love yes, jogging. Yes, yes, yeah. and that's a good. That's a profile building thing, right? And yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I mean, it's not boomer like like people didn't do it like in you know the night like this came out like pretty late and uh and, you know and it's wow. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Yes, actually, did didn't already Carter Jimmy Carter when he was like old? I remember like images by of him jogging somewhere. Well, uh, he was famous for canoeing and killing a rabbit with a paddle while the press. Really? <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, he was. He was he was paddling. It was like they were doing a little photo op where he was paddling his little canoe through, I guess, like a swampy area, and a rabbit swam up to him. And for whatever reason, he panicked and he smashed it with the with the oar of his canoe. While, oh my god! While the White House press was wow. Okay, I don't remember that story. <laughs> Sounds like Putin hunting a hunting a bear or something like this, right? There with <laughs> yeah, these photos. <laughs> No, he had his shirt on, so it wasn't anything like Putin. <laughs> this is that hard truth for these Anglo for Anglo people like me, and I'm coping. I'm saying, no, no, is there a way out? Is there a way out? There, there isn't a way out. This has been really good. I really wanted to do do this. Like we're a little bit over our um, 
uh, our skill level talking about this. I know I could have said, let's just talk about wokeness and stuff like that. We would have had an easy time. Maybe I would like to have you back at some point and we'll do that. But this time we did our best. Uh, it's a very difficult theory and I struggled with it myself for many, many years. It's not something yet. Uh, and I, I still don't see myself as like, I mean, many people who study Luhmann uh, have, you know, you can spend your whole life on 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 trying to figure out what he's actually saying it's crazy like the amount of books he's written i've i probably didn't even read half of them because it's uh, yeah it's um it's uh, uh crazy the, the 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 complexity also of the theory and the 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 sheer amount of stuff that he that he wrote that's why it's important for for listeners don't read Lumen's books. Please buy the professor's <laughs> yeah. books about Lumen and read them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, you can also check out his, he's got a great YouTube channel. Uh, one of the ways we, we found him in the first place, where he talks about pro-felicity, he talks about Jordan Peterson, PewDiePie, pretty much everything under the sun. It's right. a Carefree Wondering, right? Right. That's the name of the YouTube channel? Yes. Right. The, the, the two books we were sort of discussing from today was uh, Lumen Explained from Souls to Systems and The Radical Lumen. They're, they're great books. They're available on Amazon. The, the Kindle the Kindle is available. I remember the last time we interviewed, like at the, the end, I was like, um, man, I wish I had, had more things to, to say that were wrong so you could correct me. This time I got my wish. I, I didn't say anything that was correct all the time. That was, it, it, was, uh, uh, it was good. All right, sir. Uh, thank you. Um, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to talk to us again. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it too. Last time we got a mention in the Financial Times, which is that's like the, the most stuffy, like uh, 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 upper crust. Like they would never say something. And they, they mentioned our, our pro felicity interview last time. But uh, anyways, thank you, Dr. Mueller. Thank you, guys. Making their way the only way they know how.